0: I'd like to introduce to you um, Susan Safford. She is now the director of pastoral ministries here, which is a
1: huge job. I'm uh, not sure what it means. Yeah, yet. <laughs> <laughs> she's working on that. Um, she's been a consecrated virgin in our diocese, consecrated here in our diocese in 2006. She has been with the Office of
0: Vocations for many years. Her latest uh, directorship there was the uh,
1: Director of Adult Faith Faith Formation formation. or Faith Formation, Susan Safford, and
2: and I would like to introduce to you. I believe he is the newest member of the Diocesan team, Mr. Craig Dyke. He just came to us in June. uh, Wasn't it June 2017? He hit the ground running. I think about the day he got here. He left to go to Steubenville with our youth and has a youth rally next week. So we are just so blessed to have him here. He came from. He was born in New Hampshire. And he actually has roots here through his wife, Amy. I got to meet her last night. She is from Spearfish, and she was his college sweetheart. Married her, and I think they have their 20th year wedding anniversary coming up next year. And they have five beautiful daughters. And he started full-time ministry back in 2005 for the Diocese of Peoria. And then in 2015, went to work for the Archdiocese of Boston as the Director of Family Life. And now, like I said, we are blessed to have him here in Rapid City in our diocese as the Director of Youth and Adult Ministry. And I cannot think of two better people here to relate relational ministry to us. They're both very holy and inspiring people, and I just
0: yes please what they help have us. to share.
1: Thank you. Thank you you very much. Um, Great to have Doug and Sandy, our certified master, certified from the VSI. And so I've gotten to know them over the past few years. So grateful to have them back here today. Let's pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, give you thanks for this day and the opportunity that you've given to us to draw near to you and to enter into your mission that you've called us to. We ask you to bless us, send us your Holy Spirit, inspire our hearts, help us to receive you, to follow wherever you lead. We ask for the intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray. Hail Mary, Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Good to be with you. I think I know uh, many of you in the uh, crowd today. Uh, Before I forget, because I forgot this morning in the workshop to recommend two books I wanted to recommend. Um, one is the parish of a school of prayer if you've been a part of the vsi you know that i recommend this book a lot it is a great has great simple how to pray how to have a simple in the sense of having a simple conversation with god very simple straightforward beautiful um, the other book i want to recommend this is called discipleship focused youth ministry a lot of things in here that that pertain broadly beyond youth ministry, but just in terms of relational ministry. And this is written by Jim Beckman, who was here at the summit last year, and Eric Gallagher, who works for the Diocese of Sioux Falls next door. So this is a great little resource. Both of these are over at the mustard seed table. Uh, if you're interested in that, they have another great book over there. I actually a lot of great books over there, um, and I recommend a lot. I recommend Jacques Philippe books. They have a whole series of them over there. Uh, the one that I want to recommend to you today is Time for God, and they have some of those over there, also. So those are, just get that out of the way so that I don't forget to share that with you. All right, uh, relational ministry. Uh, We use this term a lot. Um, You have probably heard it a lot around the church. And actually what Chris and um, Tony are giving us is very much relational ministry that they're talking, this is what they're talking about. Uh, So what is relational ministry? It has to start, um, it has to start here, first of all. The mission of the church is evangelization. We can't. We and every baptized, every baptized person is called to evangelize. We it's a it's a mandate. It's on us. I loved the story last night that they shared about. Uh, I don't remember if it was Penn or Teller, right? Talking about if you if you really if you really cared about me, you must hate me. If you don't, if you believe in <clears throat> and you wouldn't share it. So that and that is the mission of the church. Pope Paul the said in his letter on evangelization of the modern world. Evangelizing is in fact the grace and vocation proper to the church, her deepest identity. She exists in order to evangelize. The church exists in order to evangelize. So can't just, uh, just get clear on that, right? That we can't, can't just go in our hole and, <laughs> and be me and Jesus. Um, and, and this mission is like nothing else, like nothing else, because evangelization is about introducing people to someone. You know, I thought I loved his example today about Tang and the and inspiring the kids about Tang. But Tang is a thing, right? Tang is a thing. It's not a person. And that's what makes evangelization different. Is I want to introduce you to a person. I'm not promoting a product or something that's, you know, gonna you know be consumed and gone, right? I'm talking about a relationship which is what People want. They want the, the deepest desire of their heart. They're trying to. We're trying to fill it with all sorts of different things. Um, you know. Uh, we're, we're. I'm going to come back around to that. But um, we're trying to fill it, But what we really want is is that experience, that relationship of love, and that's at the heart of evangelization, relational ministry. So the first question is, who are you? Who are you? And if I introduce myself. To you, and I say, hi, I'm Susan. Hello, Susan. Nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you, too. And you are? Rich. Rich, Rich. Nice way to meet you. Who are you, Rich? Who am I? Yeah, who are you? I'm the guy, I'm I'm picking on Rich. I've known Rich for a long time. Uh, and uh, uh, when often when I introduce myself to somebody like that, there is a sense of, how do I respond to this? Like, who? okay, who am I? Who, what does that mean? And then we go to, what do I do for a living? Or perhaps, who am I married and do I have kids, right? And, and, there's, and the, all of those good things, all those good things, and usually what we wanna know when we're introducing ourselves to each other, right? But too often, what we do is we start to define ourselves by what we do, and that becomes who I am. My, uh, and I start to find my identity or my value in what I do. Or my usefulness. And our society is very much oriented towards usefulness, right? And, are, and how am I useful? And if I'm not useful, and then you get into euthanasia and you get into, you know, all sorts of other problems because... So, and so we cannot define ourselves in that way. So uh, a lot of you have heard me talk about RIM before. Um, I'm just going to tell you briefly, this stands for Relationship, Identity, Mission, and very often, we start by looking for our, our identity in our mission. And uh, so we go out, we want to do good, you know, we love Jesus, we want to do something good. And so we go, we find some good work or some service or some project or some apostolate or some thing that we're going to invest in. And then I'm going to get that will make me have usefulness. And I will find love there, and then I can find my identity in that, and I can have a relationship of, of of love there. So people will appreciate me. Okay, that's backwards. It's completely backwards. But this is, but it is, you know, what we tend to, and that's why you find people becoming very possessive about their mission or their service, right? Because that's where they're getting their identity. But the truth is, we need to do the reverse. Um, we. We need to begin with the relationship. We need to begin with the relationship. Um, you know, um, we're looking for our value in places where we receive approval from others. Well, God already approves. God already loves. God already wants this deep, profound relationship with you and me. And so um, so my identity this is who I am. My identity comes from the love of God. I'm a beloved daughter of the Father. That's who I am. That's my identity. And then out of that love, I desire to do something good for him. right? I, I want just to, like, just like a child brings flowers to their mom, right? Or, uh, or maybe surprises mom by doing the dishes for her. I don't know if that ever happens. But, right? <laughs> but the, the, it comes out of, there's a rela- relationship of, of love there. And so out of that, I want to show my love by doing something, and that's, that's the order of it, right? My relationship, uh, my identity comes from my relationship, and then my mission flows out of that. Um, and I want to share in the love that he has, God has, for others. Um, want, I love them, and I want them to know him too, to experience the love that I've experienced in my relationship, in my uh, experience as the, the daughter of the father, so begins first with my relationship with him. Now, all of us are are were made created with this innate desire to receive love, and we see it in little kids, right that they have a desire to receive love, and it goes all the way into adulthood that we have the, because God made us that way, He made us with a desire to receive love, and that's a good thing. The problem is we start looking for love in all the wrong places (laughs) and um, as Augustine says our hearts are restless until they rest in you we're seeking that fulfillment of, of the desire we were created with we're trying to grasp at it in different places we're trying to find it everywhere else Um, but it can only be found in God, right? Augustine, our hearts are restless until they rest in you. C.S. Lewis, um, anybody ever read a little essay called The Weight of Glory by C.S. Lewis? Great little essay. It's in a collection of essays called The Weight of Glory, so you can find it uh, that way, but it's just as short. It's like 15 pages long. But in it, he says, God finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. And I, I was in college when I first read it, and I thought, Lewis is not living in the real world here because I see it seems like our desires are running a little rampant here in our society. I'm not sure what he's talking about. Uh, But he says this this is a quote from his essay. It would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered to us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. It's a profound, right, remark. That, and he's exactly right. He's exactly right. Our, God finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. Um, because uh, he has so much more to offer us than the place where we're looking for this fulfillment of love and and the problem is people don't know it they don't know it so they're seeking this love they want this love and they don't they don't know so um years ago uh deacon james keating was here he's from omaha works at the ipf um and he's so one of the things he says said is each of us is a loved nothing in the sense that i am nothing without god god made me i'm t- entirely dependent on him right uh, if there weren't god i would be nothing Um, but I'm loved. God loves me. And so that now I'm a loved nothing. He said, the problem is, and a lot of our woundedness comes from erring on one side of this or the other. He said, I'm overgeneralizing. So don't take this too much to heart. But very often women err on the side of feeling like I am nothing and forgetting that I am loved. And for men, often it's the reverse. They err on the side of, I am loved, and forget that I am nothing. Now, it can happen the reverse. (laughs) It can happen the other way around, right? It can happen the other way around, too. But this, so, so feeling like I am nothing and not loved makes me grasp at love. And maybe even tear down others to say, at least I'm better than them, which is kind of a stereotypical women gossip envy, right? again overgeneralizing. please don't take it too much you know seriously but you can see a little bit of that and on the other side erring on the side of I am loved leads to pride and um right and I fall into this this uh, forgetting that I would be nothing without the Lord uh, we all have women fall into pride men fall into envy you know what I mean This all of this from original sin so I don't want to um, overgeneralize too much, but holiness lies in my in recognizing my poverty of spirit. That I am I am utterly dependent on God, and too often we're trying to uh, assert our independence, fix it, make it better. Um, but I need to recognize that I am uh, totally dependent on God. That's my poverty of spirit, and then I need to bring my need and my desire. To God, who desires to be with me and to receive me and all of my needs. I need to bring my desire to him. Um, And God desires to be with me also. Um, And that's where I live out of in this poverty spirit. And if I can bring my need to God, if I can bring my desire to God, then everything changes and I am no longer grasping at or seeking. And so I just recognize I feel alone. When I recognize that I feel alone... I just say, Lord, I know that's not true because you were with me always. You promised in the gospel you are with me always. Thank you for being with me. And then I go back to doing the dishes or whatever I was doing. Yeah. Right? When I, yeah. And, you, and that's, how, that's how we enter into that relationship with God. How do I build that relationship with God, really? A lot of you have also heard me talk about ARRR. Uh, we've heard about it at Pastoral Ministry Days before. So just briefly, uh, acknowledge, relate, receive, and respond Um, This is about bringing my need to God, bringing my desire to God instead of this is the pattern that happens to us. Right. I think, okay, I need to I need to be holier. I I should, uh, you know, it would be good if I uh, spend some time in the chapel. Periodically, I need to get to the chapel and pray. And then, you know, weeks go by and I never get to the chapel. And then I feel bad because now I haven't gotten to the chapel. And now I feel discouraged and frustrated. Cause, and I'm starting to beat myself up because I haven't done it. And the message often from the pulpit seems to be, "You just need to try harder. Just try harder. You can do it." Okay, this is not. This is not the, of the Lord. This is not how it works because. What what we need to do in holiness is to bring my weakness to the Lord. Okay, I recognize I haven't done I haven't been to the chapel. I have this desire this desire to be with the Lord in the chapel. I haven't done it, Lord. I have not done this. I have this desire to be with you. Please fulfill this desire in me. Help me to do it. And then I go back to. And I don't wallow in this discouragement frustration. I simply offer it to the Lord and ask him to help me. And that's where holiness lies. Now, I'm not advocating a spirituality of laying on the couch waiting for God to make me a saint. (laughs) I do have to respond to his prompting, right? So when he prompts me, when he gives me the opportunities, when he helps me, when I have that grace to respond to that. Um, So, uh, briefly, acknowledge is... I acknowledge what my need is. I have to be attentive to it now. I have to pay attention. What is my need? What is my desire? And then I relate it to God. I tell him, Lord, this is my desire. This is what I want. This is what I'm seeking in my life. And then I receive. I let him, I let him speak to me. I listen. And he might speak to me through a, a, a word I hear in my heart or a feeling of peace or maybe a prompting to go visit someone who's lonely. And then I respond, whatever that was. Maybe I go visit that person. Maybe I just respond by saying thank you, Jesus, for this gift of peace, you know. Maybe he's opened up further conversation. Whatever it is, I respond to it. It's as simple as that. All it is is teaching us how to have a conversation with Jesus. Okay. Now, you're probably saying to yourself right about now, we're 20 minutes in, and I'm not sure yet what this has to do with relational. So so let me make the connection here. Um, At Pentecost... The 12 were up in the upper room, really afraid, and, um, but also waiting, because Jesus told them when he ascended, you know, wait for the Holy Spirit to come. He also said, go and make disciples of all nations, but wait for the Holy Spirit to come. Okay, so they can't go out and evangelize without Pentecost. We need Pentecost in order to have evangelization. So that means that today, if we want a new evangelization, we need a new Pentecost, what does that mean? Well, what happened at Pentecost? The disciples received the Holy Spirit, right? They received the Holy Spirit. But who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is the love between the Father and the Son. The Holy Spirit is the love between the Father and the Son. It's a great theology, and, and uh, John Paul II wrote extensively about it. Um, he is the love between the... So they received love from God, and what we need is if we want to evangelize, if we want to minister to others, if we want to enter into relational ministry, I need to be able to receive love from God. This is the most important thing. I need to be able to receive love from God. If I can't receive love from God. I cannot share it. Okay. And hopefully all these things, ARRR, you know, helps us to build that relationship continually every day. Keep on building it no matter where you're at advanced in the spiritual life beginner in the spiritual life doesn't matter but I need to keep building right through that building that relationship with the Lord and receiving every day going to him with my need with my desire which ultimately is I desire the love of the Father right that is that is the desire he's built into us and so so I need to go to him and receive love from him before I can go out and share the good news okay so when I want to now share it and enter into this uh, event work of relational ministry, um, I, I want to share with you, many of you remember Monsignor Thomas Richter, who was here for Pastoral Ministry Days. Well, he had on his website, he's just, he had just recently finished a bulletin series on what he calls integrated evangelization, uh, the premise of which is, first of all, um, uh addressing the fears we have about evangelization and that and so, that it's actually simple he's going to talk about that how simple it is um and secondly um it's about um it's it's about um how do i do this without adding to my already busy life like i don't have time to do all these things that they're telling me to do. How's that? So he's saying it's integrated into your life. Okay, so I called him up this week, and I said, hey, I would like to print out your bulletin series that you have posted on your website and give it to these people here. And um, he uh, texted me back this picture and said, hey, we just made it into a booklet. And I edited it, and the bishop... Reviewed it and put his imprimatur on it and our censor librarian of the diocese read it and uh, and we sent it to a publisher who put it in beautiful artwork and all that and you can have it for about right around three dollars a piece. Said, "Well, that's not exactly what I was hoping for." <laughs> <laughs> um, but so I don't have it for you today because they're at the printer even as we speak. But I want to tell you that the mustard seed has, is ordering some. And you'll be able to get them from the mustard seed from around, for around three. I think it's around three dollars a booklet. I'm guessing somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, but I, I, would, I am going to just give you a brief overview of what he talks about in uh, his his series on integrated evangelization. It begins, first of all, with an openness to what the Lord wants and friendship. Relational ministry, evangelization are not meant to be burdensome or time consuming or scary, okay, um, but we are afraid, we are afraid of it, because we're afraid, what will people think, or i to bring this up, it's going to make people uncomfortable, uh, so he speaks about not acting out of fear, or out of pressure, which are the two ways we tend to act, okay, I'm gonna, and I'm going to come back to that just briefly, so he has four steps to integrated evangelization, here they are, pray about, pray for, befriend, accompany, Just briefly, here's what this means. Um, The first thing is, I pray about who the Lord might want me to reach out to. I just ask him, Lord, is there someone you want to bring? Who do you want to bring? And I ask him (coughs) every day. And he might not, you might not hear him right away, you know. (laughs) Who knows how that's going to work or how he's going to operate in that. He has a story about a woman who was participating in this uh, he, he created a group at his parish called St. Andrew's Group, and they do this, and they just get together like a couple times a year and talk about how it's going, basically. But he said, a woman who said, I started praying about it, and this old college roommate of mine kept coming to mind. She hadn't seen her in years. She said, stayed with me for like two days, this, in my mind, this woman. And she said, on the third day, I ran into her at the grocery store. Okay, so God works through that. So she was just praying about, who do you want me to reach out to? Then pray for that person, second step. Just start praying for them. Pray for them. Uh, The good example is St. Monica and uh, St. Augustine. She prayed for him for years, and she kept on trying to get him into the church. And the bishop, she went to the bishop crying, and the bishop said, uh, Monica... Uh, spend less time talking to Augustine about God and more time talking to God about Augustine. <laughs> so pray for because God is already at work in their hearts. God wants to do something in their heart. Um, he's, he's, he's he doesn't actually he doesn't actually need us. You know what I mean? He's, and yet he does. He's chosen to need us. So um, okay. So pray about pray for. Then I just make friends with them. Befriend. And that means talking about the things I talk to friends about. And that, it doesn't have to be about Jesus right away, or it doesn't have to be a teaching about the faith the minute you walk in the door, right? Um, Monsignor himself tells a story about uh, about being invited by a Catholic couple who just opened a restaurant to come in and bless the restaurant. So he went and blessed the restaurant. And then in his prayer, the Lord was bringing that couple to mind. So he said, so I just started going back there every... You know, every few months, really, not all that often even, really, but just going out to get a free meal every now and then. And and he said, as that relationship developed, um, he said, now they're coming to Mass. They weren't going to Mass before. Now they're coming to Mass. So, befriend. I just make friends. It's not about a cha- like. I need to challenge them right away. Hey, you need to get back to the church. Hey, you need to get your marriage situation straightened out. It's not. You know, just make friends and talk. Well, how's the, how are your kids doing? What, what did you go to the game last night? You know, um, what, where, did, where did you go on vacation? Whatever. The things that you. Sh- hey, we just went on a trip. This is what it was so great. You know, the normal, <laughs> normal, ordinary things that we share in common. Um, ask some questions. Who are you? Where are you from? What do you like to do? Surely you're a Packers fan and not a Patriots fan. This is great, he's going to talk about the Patriots later. Um, so, okay, um, but don't act out of fear or pressure. Well, this is what we do. Um, we tend to think, uh, okay, um, gosh, these, we're having these people over for dinner, and, um, you know, normally we pray the blessing before meals, and then we pray for the souls in purgatory, and maybe we should just tone it down a little because they're not Catholic. Maybe we should skip that. Okay, that's acting out of fear. You know, be who you are, be who you normally are, just in all the normal ways, and don't be afraid. Um, but then, and then on the other side of things, don't act out of pressure. So the meal's gone on for a while, and I'm thinking to myself, I haven't even mentioned Jesus yet. I better talk about Jesus. <laughs> that's pressure, right? That's acting out of pressure. don't do that either. Don't do that either. Just let it be natural and normal, right? And and then accompany them as this friendship develops. I, and Pope Francis talks to us all the time about accompaniment, right? This is what he's talking about. We go out to eat together. We go to a show together. Things you do with friends. Yeah, you know, and you just, okay. And, and then the things you talk about will develop. Let it happen naturally. Let those things come up naturally. If you love Jesus and you're involved in your faith in your parish, it's going to come up eventually, you know? And hopefully you're going to invite them, like, hey, we're going to this great fall festival at our parish. Do you want to come along, you know? It's as simple as that. It doesn't have to be... It's not complicated. It's not complicated. It's not meant to add an extra thing to your schedule. It's, But it is about making room in your life for, for somebody new, and let the Lord... Let the Lord lead it by asking, but we need to be a little bit proactive, right, by asking him, Lord, who do you want? How do you want this? And then making some, uh, some efforts in that. Okay. Monsignor um, Richter just gave a talk on this very topic at the Men's Thirst Conference that happened last weekend in Bismarck. Uh, if, if you, It's a great talk, ladies. It's a men, men's conference, but you can listen to it, too. It's very good. Uh, you just search online for Thirst Conference 2017. And, and you should find it, um, the Thirst Conference in Bismarck. There's a lot more to say about this, um, but, but d- when the booklet comes out, I encourage you to check it out at the, at the Mustard Seed, and, um, and uh, Craig is going to say a lot more about that and how that all works in practical ways. Uh, it's not, again, it's not complicated. This is relational ministry. What were the four things, again, just a Right here. Pray about, pray for, befriend, and accompany. Yeah. And are those bulletins available online? If you go to the cathedral's <laughs> website, although actually once I turned him on to the fact that it was posted on his website, he might be <laughs> taking it down. <laughs> <laughs> so, so go quick <laughs> and see if you can find it. He did say what was up there is an older version. So they've edited and updated it. So I think the new booklet is going to be a little bit maybe new and improved. But you should be able to find it. Yeah, Jean? I'm
0: fourth when a company Is yeah. that where you were going about be together.
1: Yes, be together. Go out to eat together. You just keep on. It's that the building of that friendship. You make friends with them initially, and then you just continue that friendship, that relationship with them, and let things happen naturally. Um, I, yeah. And this applies to all ages, right? All ages. Okay. All right, I'm going to tag team to Craig here and let him plug in.
3: UCW. Uh, That's wrestling. That's, yeah, that's all. That's Relational Foreign, you need
1: foreign language. language. Oh, bef- <laughs> yeah, before I go, yeah, there's there some. Go. I did put some handouts by the door. You got this prayer card in your booklet, but there's more over here if you want to give them to somebody. So help yourself to those when you leave.
3: Right. Thank you, Susan, and thank you, Doug and Sandy. That was such a nice introduction for me. Thank you. I usually don't get that. They say, here's this guy. So thank you. But Susan, thank you for... What, what Susan did is she... She hired you, sorry. She hired me, which is such a blessing for everyone, a blessing for my family. Um, but she really, it's it's that old adage, you can't get what you don't have. We're talking about relational ministry. So um, to evangelize well, and they've been saying it, uh, Tony and Chris have been talking about how we, we have to be, have to have a relationship with Jesus Christ if we want to bring others to that relationship. So that's why... Uh, Susan started off and did it so well talking about that our relationship with Christ. Um, uh, let's see. So I, I'm gonna. There are some stats in yours. Those are more for you. I'm gonna breeze over those. But uh, right now, I just want to look at Jesus' model for model of ministry. And I look at his call of the disciples in Luke uh, five one through eleven, where he. Um, he had a following of people already. They they were listening to what he said. But this is where he he comes into to Peter's boat. And what is he? He doesn't say, Peter, I want to I want to tell you about the kingdom. He just he gets into his boat. That's Peter's world, right? He gets into Peter's boat. He goes out. He teaches the people. And when he's done teaching the people from the boat, he says, Okay, well, let's go out. And we referenced that last night, or Tony and Chris did. Uh, let's go out, and they they drop their nets into the deep water, and it was there that Peter encountered our Lord. It was through that relationship, but it Peter encountered him because Jesus went from you know his his territory now to Peter's, and that's relational ministry going in, going out from our territory into those that we're evangelizing. Now I should ask. Um, What ministries are we, are some of us involved in? Maybe not all of us are involved in ministries, and that's fine too, but um, anybody involved with youth ministry here, all right? And RCIA, maybe? Everything? Everything? Okay, good. Um, Sunday school, what they call CCD, religious ed, some of us, right? Some of us, young young adult maybe, or adult faith formation. Uh, You know, one ministry, and I didn't even think about this, but one ministry that's really lacking is um, ministry to, you know, our our retired uh, people, the the senior citizens. You know, it's like, I've seen in some dioceses, or some parishes, you know, it's like we, we give them bingo. That's how we're preparing for the the next life. Is okay. You you've you've done all the faith formation. Now we'll give you bingo. <laughs> oh, no, we need to walk with everybody, right? From the young to those of us who are mature in age and getting ready for the next uh, that next journey, it Should be the eternal journey. Um, so um, so we're all doing ministry of some sort, and it could be to our family members, right? So we all are involved in ministries, and we all are. Uh, taking our relationship with Jesus Christ to them. Forming relationship with them. Um, another scripture that, that I turn to when I'm looking at relational ministry is from 1 John 1. Uh, is it 1 through 4? So the first letter of St. John 1 through 4, and I'll read that to you. It's, it's my favorite. Um, I have a lot of favorites, but okay. So here it goes. He says It's not the Gospel of John, it's his first letter. He says, what was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked upon and touched with our hands, concerns the word of life. For the life was made visible, we have seen it and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life that was with the Father and was made visible to us. What we have seen and heard we proclaim now to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. For our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing this so that our joy may be complete. So, he's, it's all about fellowship. I've, he's writing this so that he, His followers can have fellowship with, with the apostles. And that fellowship is important because, because of the fellowship they have with the Word of Life, with Jesus Christ. And so we look at an encounter. We are uh, when we are forming relationships; it's an encounter. And Pope Francis talks a lot about the encounter, the culture of encounter, in his document um, Evangelii Gaudium. He—that's the first time, not the first time I'd heard the word, but the first time I'd really seen it highlighted so much in a in a document of the Church. Encounter—I don't know how many times he said encounter in there. And so, I I used to study Latin, and so I wanted to look up, okay, what's encounter really mean? Any Latin scholars? No, it's a dead language, it truly is. Okay, so, um, encounter. Encounter comes uh, from, okay, so, EN, it's been uh, anglified, right? But it it used to be IN, I-N, and then it was IN contra. So, what's contra mean? means actually no that would be against, against. close okay so it's opposition so uh encounter used to be a word that was used between two opposing uh kingdoms right they were adversaries they were encountering each other and so i i i don't think this is what pope francis meant but i thought it was a pretty cool thing that encounter is where uh when i encounter jesus christ I'm encountering the kingdom of God, and I'm bringing the kingdom of Craig Dyke, small and pathetic as it is, I'm bringing that, and you're bringing yours, the kingdom of rich, right? You're bringing that to Jesus Christ, and the question is, in this encounter, are we going to put up a fight, or are we going to do what Susan said, and, you know, be vulnerable and receive, receive and be entered, become entered into that kingdom, And so now we take that. So we get into the kingdom of God as disciples. When we encounter other people, we're evangelizing. We are taking not our kingdom. And that happens sometimes in ministries. I have probably been guilty of it. If I can be honest, I've been guilty of it myself. And I know others have struggled with it too, where it's, you know, we become possessive of our ministries. This is my ministry. Nobody's going to tell me how to do this. And no, I'm not changing. And no, you can't help out because it's mine. No, it's not. This is the ministry of Jesus Christ. I, and it's his kingdom, his kingdom, I'm, I'm in that kingdom now. And so when we encounter those, we're evangelizing, discipling. We really have to have that spirit of prayer and that, uh, that, that Susan talks so well about. We have to have that so we can be humble. And get rid of the pride and be like John the Baptist who said, you know, let me decrease so you may increase, Lord, so his kingdom may increase. So that is important in relational ministry, that we have a prayer life, that we're setting aside our kingdom for the bigger kingdom. Does that make sense? Okay. Uh, we all know it. We just need a gut check sometimes. I know I do. Uh, real quickly, the, the, these stats are for you mostly. I will give you a snapshot, because I want to hear from you more than talk about stats. Um, the snapshot here is that, this is an important one. This survey was conducted, well, the, the Pope asked us to do this survey throughout the whole world. And so each diocese conducted a survey. And so we sent this out, it was all about youth and young adult ministry. Um, it was done this past year, this past summer. One of the questions was, in what manner does the church listen to the lived situation of young people? And these are, these are answers from within our diocese concerning youth and young adults. Uh, 53% of the respondents felt that the church does not listen to youth and young adults. We do not understand the needs and struggles and demands of today's young people. And we are disrespectful to those who are outside of the ideal and 43, uh, 47% felt that the church does listen to youth and young adults. And those who felt like the church listened, it was because a priest was present and available, they had a relationship with the clergy, and we offered ministries that were relevant to the people. I mean, we offer really good catechesis, but are we offering ministries that are relevant, that people relate to? Uh, what types of events programs are effective in reaching young people today? The number one answer was athletics. Okay, and we say, "Well, what are they doing on Sundays? Why don't why don't uh, they come to faith formation on Sundays? Why aren't they involved in the youth group? Why why aren't more youth and young adults? Why aren't parents interested? Okay, because they're living in this world right here. Okay, what can we do about it? We can continue crying and screaming and complaining about it and commiserating, or we can say, okay, that's where they are. And somehow, I don't know i don't know if I have the perfect answer, but we have to get into their boat. We have to get into their world. You have to help me figure that out. Um, but we do. We have to stop expecting them to come to us, and we have to go out to them. Um, Young Life uh, was another answer. Coffee shops was another... Um, And then we have Theology on Tap, Newman Centers, anything with food.
1: That was my son. Was was that your son? Sure.
3: He's right. He's right. Uh, Susan and I were formed uh, by the same professor in the ministry of RCIA. And before we even got into catechesis or anything about church teaching, she made sure that we focused on hospitality and on food. So, when people come to our ministries, or if they come to our home, that's essential. Food is essential. Uh, my wife and I used to run a marriage ministry called Marriage on Tap. We ran that for about six years. We'd love to bring it back here, uh, but that's, we've got to get settled still. But, uh, anyways, the, the best part of that ministry was people would come and we'd have hors d'oeuvres. And we'd, have, you know, we'd have soda, we'd have beer, we'd have wine. That was the greatest part. I mean, my favorite part last night, yeah, the talks were really great, but I, I love hanging out eating the appetizers and drinking <laughs> the wine. This is great. That's ministry. You're speaking to me at, the, at a base level, but we need to we need to tap into where people are. Uh, coffee shops. I remember I I went to a... Um, I went to get my, my Toyota Tundra service at, at the Toyota Center in Peoria, Illinois, where I used to live. And... There was a barista at the Toyota dealer. Do we have one here? Do they do that here? They should. Okay. Because <laughs> I would go. But I went there, and she said, what would you like to drink? I said, how much is it? I'm very cheap. And uh, she said, it's free. What would you like? And so she made me a latte, and I was done with that, and I got a cookie. And she said, would you like a smoothie? And so I had one of those. <laughs> I was so excited. And she talked to me. She was nice. She was friendly. And after I was done, I went, I went home and said, Amy, we need to get the band service too. <laughs> Do you want to take the band? Because there's this barista there and she's really nice and she'll make you those fun you know, coffee drinks that we like. I was sold. I wanted to go back. In our churches. I mean, we, we come in and we go out. I'm I'm a big fan of Donut Sunday. People laugh at that. Oh, Donut Sunday is so funny. Um, I mentioned that in the Archdiocese of Boston. Where's Donut Sunday? You hardly do it. And when you have it, you cut donuts in half and make sure you can only have one half of a donut. That's not relational ministry. Really, Donut Sunday... I mean, I'm not trying to be funny right now, even though I'm hilarious. Um, I'm just kidding. Donut Sunday is huge. That's where you get to relate to people. That's hospitality. It's great. I love it. Okay, so um, where are our young people? Where are our adults? Where, where are our people? Um, let's get, I said I wasn't going to take a lot of time on this, and I am. So uh, why do young people, what do young people ask of the church? I think this is just not for young people. It's for all of us. The, the, if you could sum it all up, The majority of people were saying, we want relationship. We want belonging, acceptance, support, guidance, community. That sounds a lot like relationship. Um, But a large amount said they don't ask anything of the church because they don't have a relationship. They don't expect to get what they ask for. Very few said, I want the sacraments. I want deeper faith formation. I want to grow closer to God. Some people said that. Was that you, Dan? No, I have a question. Yes, go. So I know that the diocese of Rapid City encompasses larger than just churches, but who was actually surveyed? Surveyed were, uh, there were youth. youth surveyed, and they mm-hmm. were, was they it the church the parish. parishes? Yes. Or was it like. That's how they went out. Because it, it was from the parish. Yeah, it, well, it was it was sent out
1: to everybody. Right, Susan? It was before it was I came. sent out to all parishes and it parish. was posted online. And so still, they tried to spread the word through yeah. the members of the churches. churches. They're did, still advertising know. it on Catholic Radio. <coughs> I did fill it out. No, you were,
3: okay. So, Dan, you you're may have said I'm something.
1: In the, the age
0: bracket.
3: bracket. Yeah. So, But the questions were all geared towards young adults. So if you and I answered, okay. I'm assuming we're the same age. I know we are. Around. I'm a little older. <laughs> no. Uh, I am. <laughs> okay. I, think I, am. I feel it. Um, <laughs> the, the questions were what you and I think the church is doing for youth and young adults. Right. So, uh, but they were, they were seeking, that's fine, that's great, but they were seeking relationship. We're saying we want relationship. Mm-hmm. Not that catechesis is bad. The next slides are going to show you about more about relationship. Um, okay. Is that a football game? Yeah, that was a football game. We need to go and be where the kids are, the adults are. We need to go and be present. Uh, that break, Yeah, I'll go right back to that football slide. Susan, what time am I done? Uh,
1: I think 3.30, so you have like 15 minutes.
3: 15? Okay, it's 13. Okay, great. Uh, oh, there was a video I watched once about evangelization. I was reviewing all these different resources and uh, the, the video series ends and it was all about how to get young adults back in the church. The video series ends with this, this young woman, probably in her mid-20s, young adult woman, looking at the doors of a church and she takes a deep breath And then she walks up the stairs, she opens the church doors, and she sees the friendliest faces she's ever seen in her life. And they welcome her in. And she goes in and she feels at home. What's wrong with that? It's not real. (laughs) No. (laughs) Well, maybe it wasn't. But what else is wrong with it?
1: How'd you get her
3: there? She had to have the courage herself, right? The doors were closed. It, what that, that it, they, they had good intentions in the video, but what I'm I'm just super critical, okay? But what that video was saying is, hey, we're really nice. Just come on in. Just open the doors. Whereas we need to be a church that opens the doors and goes out and brings people. I haven't been here in the. <laughs> hey, I grew up in New Hampshire. <laughs> Didn't you watch when your boy Adam Benateri kicked a kick the field goal against the Raiders in two thousand three, or no, two thousand two, or something like that? I can't remember. It was in the snow. That's my home. I'm used to the cold. That's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I can handle the cold. I get I get defensive about that one. <laughs> no, but we do need to be people who go out. Um, I think we have to say goodbye to the, to the days of, you know, where are those people? Why aren't they? And I said this before. Why aren't they here? We need to go out and build relationships and be with people. Um, so I need to get to this here. Uh, yeah, I like this slide. The kids in the mud. Uh, the solution to all of our, our problems is quite easy, but it's quite difficult. It's not that easy. But we have to start with relationships. We have to be present, we have to be relatable, and we have to be ourselves. Um, In ministry, sometime our friend is going to be in the mud. This kid, he's happy. He's been swimming in the mud. We need to go in and, and be with that kid in the mud, or that adult, that young adult, whoever it is. We need to be with them in the mud, but the important thing is that we help get them out of the mud. Sometimes in ministry, we dive in the mud and we say, Hey, I'm just as filthy and dirty as you. Let's just embrace the fact that God loves us and swim in the mud more. Do you know what I'm saying? But as disciples, we go in the mud and we get the kid or the adult out. We say, I'm with you, but here, let's get out. So we need to be present. We need to be relatable. We need to be ourselves. Uh, I was... Presenting to seventh and eighth graders at St. Thomas More here in town. I was talking about um, the importance of the Eucharist. and I was trying to encourage the kids to come to the youth rally next week. Um, and I would ask the kids questions, and they would you know kind of feel forced, and they would answer um, it, but it, I held their attention okay, but I wasn't meeting them where they were. And then I said, okay, now I'm going to show a video I put together by, and there's music by this group called 21 Pilots. He said, oh, I love 21 Pilots. Anyone here know 21 Pilots? You've heard 21 Kids love 21 Pilots. And so I knew if I play 21 Pilots, suddenly I'll catch their attention. So they watched this video I put together with 21 <coughs> Pilots music, and it was awesome. There's Christian themes throughout it. I got them there, but I got them most when I had a free period with those kids, and my wife had to do what's called, uh, what is it called, what, what's it, where is she? in What's that? In-service or something? Now it was something where she, she's talking to one kid at a time. Mantle, they call it. And so Amy, my wife, who's the teacher of 7th and 8th grade religion, she's talking to this 8th grader, just checking in, how are you doing with everything. And I had to entertain the rest of the kids. And so I got up in front of them and I said, uh, how do you eat a Pop-Tart? And that was it. And then I couldn't get them to be quiet. They wanted to talk about how they ate a Pop-Tart and I instructed them on the proper way to eat a Pop-Tart. When we're doing ministry, we might have all these grand ideas of, oh, I want these kids to understand transubstantiation. I want them to understand what, uh, how the sacraments were in, uh, brought about by Jesus Christ, how the church is the one true foundation. Matthew 16, if they only know that uh, the, the handing of the keys to Peter. Um, they see the value of, of Scripture. That stuff's all great, but first we need to teach them how to eat a pop tart. That's what I found out that day doing ministry with those kids. And after that, those kids, they said to my wife, they said, wow, would you need a substitute? Would your husband come in? <laughs> Wasn't because I love the Eucharist. It's because I know how to speak to them about eating a pop tart. <laughs> That's relational ministry. And I'll show you a few more slides to get to it because um, I want to relate that to more than just youth ministry. Uh, catechumenal model for ministry. Who's involved with RCIA? Yes. Okay. RCIA, we have something called the catechumenal model and the church says use this for every ministry. It starts with what we call the pre-catechumenate, which we are uh, winning trust. We're building relationship. And then at some point they will see the gospel through our witness and then we want to give a, a reason for the joy and the hope we have. And so we share our love for Jesus Christ in some you know, real-life way. Okay? That's part of what we call the pre-catechumen. So whatever ministry we're involved in, we need to start right here with building relationship, winning friendship. And then we get to passing on information, which as a church, we do this really well, catechesis. Catechesis is gonna stick a lot better if we've tilled the soil with the pre-catechuminate, if we've won friendship. But what we do, we sometimes, you know, people in my generation have said, Whoa, catechesis was so bad when I was a kid. It was all about, you know, rainbows and coloring pictures and flannel graph and all this, this stuff that it was just so fuzzy and warm and nice. It was all about God loves you. That we said, it needs to be stronger catechesis. And we were right. But I think many of us have forgotten the building of relationship. And so now we're coming back to say, okay, it's bold. We need to, we need to be fuzzy at times. We need to build relationship, win hearts, so that catechesis can have a place to, to bear fruit. And then once this happens, so we have the handshake, the filling of the knowledge, filling of the head. Um, Then we get to the heart, where we have conversion, purification and enlightenment. Okay, so now based on the relationship we build with people that pique their interest to learn more about the faith, when we've used catechesis, how are we going to guide them as disciples to our Lord so they can drop their nets? That's what we call uh, purification and enlightenment. And then after that, where they do drop their nets and say, I'm a disciple, I'm following Jesus Christ, then we need to show them what it means to walk as a disciple and to help them along the way. <clears throat> so in all of our ministries, we can follow this, this path. Not even our ministries, I'd say our, our relationships. When we're trying to disciple people one-on-one, like Susan was saying, you know, you, you, you don't pressure, you don't, you don't force it, you just be yourself. That's right here. And eventually, God will give us the opportunity to share the faith, but then it will be on them, them to say yes. We just want to be that that vessel, that avenue for them. Um, let's see. So examples, and then I think I'll have time for you if you have a few of your words you want to say. But um, youth ministry, you know, I, I've talked enough about youth ministry, but marriage enrichment, you know. We, when Amy and I ran our marriage in Richmond, we wanted to uh, to catechize everyone, but we knew we'd only have like 15, 20 minutes to do that. And so most of the time was spent on socializing, food, fellowship, um, and then men's ministry. I've been involved with other, uh, with quite a few men's ministry, uh, but probably the most fruitful was playing softball. That was ministry. The priest, the seminary, and I all decided to be on the team. And just to, to be a witness to the guys who weren't even going to church, it's a ministry. Why? It, because it's part of that winning friendship. It's relational. Um, also, really fatty breakfast is good for men's ministry. Uh, what else? You know, parents ministry has to be relational. What do parents need? Take care. Time they need daycare. <laughs>
0: support,
3: support, right? Yeah. Do they need to know? Uh, do they need to know how to define the Trinity? Maybe they do, but that's not where we start, right? We start with this is how this is how you uh, love and logic that St. Thomas More talks about here in town and in the diocese. We talk about love and logic. We're, we're helping parents to discipline their kids to raise them well. Um, So meeting people where they are. You know, with doing youth ministry, I've been asking teens, rather than saying, you need to hear this, I say, what do you want out of youth ministry? What would you like? We have to listen. We have to be a church that listens. Not just with youth, but everyone. I've said enough. Okay? Um, Any questions, thoughts, ideas? I attended a, a workshop must been like last
0: summer, intentional disciples. I think it was. Yeah. And it had, had di- kind of a different order to your slide two slides back. Um, kind of, it really has to do with thresholds and stuff. Yes, right. And so until they, to they, until they get to that particular threshold where they actually have a relationship, a lot of it doesn't make much difference.
3: That's right. Yeah, and the the we need to get that first. Threshold, which is winning trust.
0: Right. I think one of the things that's wonderful in the church currently is once the relationship is there, and they're starting to seek, you know, kind of using yes. that language I was the workshop doing. Right. Um, is um, it's not always, and those of you who know us, know me, don't fall off your chairs of shock. But it's not always that necessary that we pass on so much information, because there's so many sources online where they can reach out where they feel safe, maybe at that in, in doing research themselves. Right. But if we can let drop different good sources or books if mm-hmm. they're a book person or, or different things like that or like form. Right. Um sometimes I think in our culture they'll feel safer looking at, if is this something I I, I don't want to hurt my relationship. This is this something I can buy into? Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's incredible over the past twenty years there's so much available yeah. where they can go where they feel safe. Right. And get part of the information.
3: That's right. It's not all in us. It's not all in us. And we don't have to say everything.
0: Right? I try to.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I used to do that. When I, most of my ministry was marriage preparation. Uh, I did that. Uh, I did it. I was doing it last year. Uh, I, I don't know how many couples I prepared for marriage. You know, it's got to be uh, thousands. And when I first started doing it, I felt like they need to hear Everything. And I have to hit every bullet. And I found that they're not listening. I don't need to hit every bullet. I need to hit the essentials. But more than anything, I need to be a witness of of what it means to be a happily married man with a sacramental marriage. Uh, the same thing for the youth. Same thing with whoever we're, we're ministering to. God will take care of it. That doesn't mean we say, well, let's not talk about the, the tough stuff. Let's just be witnesses of love. Now sometimes we have to talk about the tough stuff because if we love people we'll lead them to the truth Uh, but you can't lead them to the truth unless you have a relationship with them. Real quickly when we did marriage prep, my wife and I I would do one day workshops and people came in and they came out and I said the same information on those one day workshops as I did on the retreat weekends, but on the retreat weekends they, they had a relationship with us And they, what we saw conversion. Not because we said anything differently than we did at the one days, but because we spent time with them. And so if we really want to evangelize, we need to spend time. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like Susan said, it's not complicated. It's not a complicated program. But it's going to take a lot of time and energy. That's why we have to be people of prayer. Um... And people who um, really love the Lord and, and love others and want to bring them to relationship. I think we're out of time, right? All right, so let's close in prayer. In the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, we thank you uh, for for our relationship with you, wherever we are in that relationship. And we thank you for those we get to encounter, so we may bring your love to them. Lord, send your Holy Spirit upon us so we may be truly your vessels, truly your messengers, so we may bring your kingdom to those out in our diocese and in our parish. Help us to be those transparent witnesses that are necessary for today's culture. Lord Jesus, come. Holy Spirit, come. Blessed Mother Mary, you showed us what it meant to be, uh, to be the true disciple of Jesus Christ, uh, open to the Word, and to do the Word. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour hour of our death. Amen. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right, thank you.